That's Dark talks about movies that depict violence and sexual violence. Due to the nature of the show, please listen at your own discretion. This show is an ongoing conversation between Danny, David, and Pappy. They talk about the most extreme movies they can find. If you enjoy their discussion, please review the show on iTunes. I just want to acknowledge that, but I'm not. So, and again, because it, this Martin Buber's, it's called Ich in Du, which is I and you in German, mm-hmm. is um, <laughs> David's face. It's killing me right now. Yes. Yes, that's the title. Um, basically offers two modes of being. Let me, let's get a little high five too. Yes. Get pumped back up. You know what I'm saying? Taste my doggies. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We we need that recorded. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) These? (laughs) All right. Yeah. Yeah, let's bring the energy back. Yeah, man. That's what I'm saying. All right. Well, this is episode 3.2. Point two. We're back at it. Murder set pieces. <laughs> the third act of it. Uh, Who knew? Buddies. Who knew we'd be here? Um, all right. Well, I'm going to hit you with some uh, some raw definitions, and we're going to be looking at three things: empathy. We're going to think about it in terms of viewers and filmmakers. We're going to talk about ethics in regards to viewers and filmmakers, and I'm going to throw in uh, a little bit of psychopath talk. So the first thing I want to talk about comes from, it's just a, gen, a generic uh, definition of empathy. And it's from a guy named Roman Kaznarik that comes from um, a talk he gave called The Power of Outrospection, a uh, piece of trivia. I got that as RSA um, Animate, which is a, a lecture series that are, are animated that David put me onto uh, many a year ago, and they Yay. are the best. So you should check out Roman Kaznarik's The Power of Outrospection if you want to hear more on this generic idea of empathy. So he offers two basic types of empathy. You got effective, which are mirroring the emotions you see in someone or something else. So again, think about the idea of the contagious laugh. Right, So you see, you don't even know what someone's laughing about, but it's funny enough and you start laughing, that's mirroring the emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, another good example are babies in those weird rooms. Um, <laughs> when they're, that's, imagine I just said babies in those weird rooms. And that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> just with babies it's in like those babies in those weird rooms. rooms. Yeah. yeah. And I, by <laughs> that, I mean baby. <laughs> You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's fucking laugh. Yeah, that's though. all that is. That's all that is. That's all that, that is. It's a baby in a weird room. That's all that is. You mean um, the babies in, in the uh, nurse? It's like it's like the fake nurseries that you see in hospitals. That's the one. Yeah. They're behind glass, and for whatever reason, the parents are separated yeah, from them. And that's, only yeah, that's a fiction. That's and not yeah, a real. That's thing. how people ba- babies get swapped. Yeah, for that sure. was a contagious laugh. Yeah, too. that's what just happened. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's effective. Uh, cognitive is when you consciously try to understand the perspective of someone else. So effective is kind of brought out of you, whereas a f- cognitive is when you're trying to do it. So uh, again, if you were bummed, I would feel bummed and I'd want to figure out what that is and how I can maybe help out. So let's just put this more generically to the idea of empathy in regards to these extreme films. So my question to you guys is, how do these extreme films, specifically films that engage in like high or gross amounts of sexual and just regular violence, engage empathy? How do we get empathy? Uh, Do they activate effective or cognitive? Are they activating both? And can those things be mutually exclusive? Can, can it be argued that they don't do either or any? Like that we don't actually feel empathy, but maybe disgust and other okay. things? Or are we like saying that they're successfully drawing out empathy from us? I would say that, I think that's a great question, but could you step, so my the question that someone who is like arguing on behalf of empathy, which I am not, I'm just tabling it, yep. yeah. um, would be that, the feeling of disgust is symptomatic of being empathetic. What, what if, okay. 
Well, but is it okay? So is it? Are you being empathetic towards the characters in the movie, or being empathetic in general? Because That's what I'm asking you guys. How, just generally, yeah. how do you think empathy? If you had to make, if you had to make a case yeah. for empathy in films and viewers, or or filmmakers, how does it work? I I, w- I would say that for in if generally in films, yeah, they're, they're like I for me personally, I only experience films through the lens of empathy. Right. Like I need to feel empathy to care about what's happening on the screen. Right. Um, and I think that y- y- like I don't experience both of those two types of empathy simultaneously, but I absolutely do experience them both like consecutively. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like I, I, if I'm not, if, if I'm feeling empathy towards something or if I'm made to feel empathetic towards a character, uh, I'm not aware that I'm feeling that way. But the second I'm made to feel that way, I'm immediately no longer, um, that, that empathy becomes cognitive. It becomes, right. uh, there's, a, there's an awareness to it. So I guess what I'm arguing is, uh, as soon as I become cognitive of my empathy, I'm no, it's no longer effective empathy. It's it instantly sure. becomes yeah. cognitive empathy. Yeah. So it's like, I'm made to feel a certain way. And then you explore that about a, a character's perspective. And then I explore it through thought. Yeah. yeah that makes sense. Like I, a domino. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea of the, uh, the empathy being effective from the perspective of a filmmaker. Right. Yeah. I don't know in, with these films that I agree with it as an audience. As being effective, yeah, yeah. With these but, films, but, I I don't think that that's yeah. True. But, but but as the filmmaker, I think it's wicked because right. when people ask like, why? What's the point in making something like this? Like, yeah. you know, people who are outraged by things like this, yeah. I think that that's the part of the storytelling that they're missing. Yeah, is that like these thoughts do exist? Yeah, and that these these people are writing these stories and to the to the guy who's writing the the film, yeah, Nick Palumbo, yeah. He probably, maybe he did, but probably didn't write this movie just to be a dickhead. Right. He probably wrote it thinking, I'm going to explore all this super dark shit <laughs> and it's going to be wicked. <laughs> right? Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> and in that, like, I'm sure in, in having to kind of deal with what that dark shit is, yeah. Yeah. you have to explore what empathy means. Yes. Even if you're not doing it knowingly. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... Uh, or I would I would I would question the the idea of especially with murder set pieces and I'm getting ahead of myself here but for a movie like murder set pieces the director's cut in which there's really no character development or anything we're saying that this movie will uh, register some sort of emotional impact for women right it's it'll be different than how men watch it so yeah. are women able to experience this movie on an effective level and let and let me table it to you like this. Mm-hmm. There's like, I'm not going to be able to, so I'm not as, as a man witnessing the violence, uh, carried out on a woman, on a woman, I would be able to cognitively try to fig- like fi- feel how that would feel. And I could get close to the character in that way, but I wouldn't be able to do it by saying, uh, or by, by one-to-one association. Cause I'm a man, she's a woman. Right. But let's talk about yeah. something that unites the three of us, yeah. which is simply called man shit. Yeah. yeah, we're all. <laughs> yeah, this is going to take a minute. This is, <laughs> this is something that uh, I think I've expressed to both of my friends here in on individual levels that yeah. the three of us share a propensity for man shit. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Dan, you want to define man shit for us? Uh, man shit is when two men on a screen, uh, ex- or not even on a screen, when nope. two men experience an emotional connection with one another or an emotional identification and you as a third party viewer man uh become emotional on behalf of them (laughs) yeah Um, a good example of this from my perspective when pappy explained this to me we were watching friday night lights which is a (laughs) uh, a mediocre (laughs) a mediocre but effective uh, uh show about high school football in the united states and um one man, I believe he, the coach was teaching the kid how to play, uh, how to throw the football a little bit better. And he, he, the kid expressed that his father was in Iraq and he was kind of like missing a father yep. and Pappy stood up and coughed and walked into the hall and I couldn't see his face, but he yelled, that's a man shit. <laughs> and I knew that he was choking up. I knew he was, he was, he was probably yeah. shedding a single tear in my yeah. hallway yeah. before it's, it came yeah. back to, <laughs> it's like, we all come from like, 
fathers who who are like not the mo- the most emotional. That's an understatement. <laughs> I'm trying yeah. to be like sensitive. Big time. Oh yeah. 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 So yeah. like stoic, hard as stone. Yeah. Men with no feeling. My yeah. dad. My dad is only. He only makes jokes. Yes. The most inappropriate jokes. So if you were the like the one or two times I've seen my dad emotional, one was with me, so it doesn't. It's not quite. Danny's definition, though, that is absolutely an accurate definition of it. Yeah. Uh, but I would see if I saw my father engage in an emotional experience with another family member, I would confirm that experience through my own tearing emotion. And that's man shit. <laughs> that's yeah. man because shit. it's rare. Yeah. It's rare. Yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't assume that, and I'm not trying to be exclusive. But like it's man shit. Like that's like a, a woman might not be able to understand man well, it's, shit. It's, yeah, yeah. She yeah. has woman shit. I'm sure. Absolutely. And yeah. it's, that's my point here is yeah. that it's not a one to one relationship with watching these movies. Yeah. But so my question is: Is that a type of not in this way because this is like positive man shit? But like, is that Always. is that women? <laughs> is that for women? Like that's effective empathy in that moment watching a rape scene. Is that only possible? For a woman in that moment, I think, or is that, it not is still it, not possible? I Did this question start with in terms of murder set pieces, or was that another question? No, it started with murder set pieces. Okay, yeah. then no. Okay, why? Because they're so shitty. They're okay. so poorly done. Right. Danny talking about it being porn stars saying no right. is so accurate yeah. that I can't imagine that a girl is like, man, that's some girl shit. Right. All right. I can't no, I, like I no. can't even imagine <laughs> no. it yeah. for sure. Yeah, no one's like there's no okay. one who's watching like Eat Pray Love and like watching this movie and being like girl like it's not happening. Yeah, it's, she's not getting her groove back. There's no, no. fucking way. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. All right. Let's expand on our uh, definition of empathy. I'm going to do that by introducing another uh, theorist, philosopher and uh, practicing psychiatrist or scientist in general. Uh, his name is Simon Baron Cohen. Uh, related to our favorite a Borat, the bo- yeah, Borat, <laughs> yes, it yeah. is uh, Borat's cousin, Sasha Baron Cohen's cousin. Uh, he writes <laughs> the science of evil on empathy and the origins of cruelty, which is a, a pretty interesting book. <laughs> and uh, I'm fighting off saying the rest of this podcast in a Borat accent. Yeah, so it's uh, I'm just imagining it. Just uh, doing, we're doing Borat. Yeah, we're doing it already. So out of touch with what's actually <laughs> funny and happening in 2018. So, Sorry, go ahead. So uh, Borat's cousin. Uh, <laughs> just to lend the credibility. That, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Borat's cousin, the scientist. Borat's cousin, the scientist. Well, Simon Baron Cohen uh, argues or or investigates evil, the condition of evil and cruelty um, through the lens of science as opposed to religion or like religiously moralistic uh, or a religiously moralistic viewpoint. And he says that basically you can measure empathy through different sections of the brain. And he goes into like strong detail about the, how that happens in the book. And it's called uh, the empathy gene is the coin or the term that he coins. And I um, basically want to draw out our definition of empathy beyond effective and cognitive and table this. So I'm going to give you two quick definitions. And they're tiered. The first stage of empathy would be, quote, empathy occurs when we suspend our single-minded focus of attention and instead adopt a double-minded focus of attention. Right, so simply being able to step out of a an I centric state, mm-hmm. and you can jump into being able to think of me and my buddies at this table. Like I all want us all to have a good. That's experience. how I always think, man. Yeah, yeah. for sure. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Um, the second definition is um, how empathy is probably practiced or using it as if if the first definition is is static, the second one is how you activate or becomes active. So empathy is our ability to identify what someone else is thinking or feeling and how to respond to their thoughts and feelings with an appropriate emotion, right? So being able to look at someone, you look happy, I'm going to not shit on your happiness. That would be empathy. Being like, okay, a non-empathetic person would make it probably if you were having a shitty day uh, or they were having a shitty day would make it about them and rain on your your parade. So I want us to apply these two definitions of empathy to, I'm going to force them into two different spaces of cinema 
They're not mutually exclusive. I'm just doing this for the sake of our discussion. So I want to say that both A and B definitions apply to both filmmakers and viewers. But I want us to think about the first one as empathy occurring when we suspend our single-minded focus of attention and instead adopting a double-minded focus of attention as what filmmakers do when they create or any storyteller. Mm -hmm. So the filmmaker here, the writer, or the people that are able to get unless they're doing an autobiography, step outside of themselves and think about how they're going to represent another person's perspective. I think that's what I was trying to say that I liked about the filmmaker's perspective of empathy right? when we were talking about it because I think that that's a neat way to have to do it. Like to, to have to write a character, to write a character accurately so that it, it gives the right message to an audience, it, you have to draw the empathy out. And to do that, you have to put it in. Yes, absolutely. Right? So I think that's, that's a cool way to see it, yeah, as, like it as the writer. It, it would be interesting to like, like um, see how somebody who's, you know, who's suffering from some sort of personality disorder where they can't experience empathy on that level to like, if you had that person write a story and then you had like another person write the same story, like what those differences yeah, would be. Absolutely. That'd be Fully. crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy. That'd be a cool social experiment. Mm -hmm. So the second definition, uh, the empathy is our ability to identify what someone else is thinking and feeling and then to respond to their thoughts and feelings with an appropriate emotion would be what the viewer is doing. So to successfully, for a filmmaker to successfully draw a connection between their film and the audience, they would want viewers to engage on that level. So empathy becomes a bridge between the viewer's seat and the film. And it's because you can identify, relate, or understand those emotions and respond to them accordingly. If the character feels happy, you rejoice in that person's happiness mm -hmm. or you hate them for their happiness if they're the villain. Yeah. Right? But then this movie was effective for Danny because he bugged out with the little girl running away. But that, like only because I, like, like I said earlier, I can't, the only way I experience film or television is through empathy. Like it doesn't, I can't care about something if I can't, put myself in somebody else's shoes. That's how I watch things. Yeah. So that's like like earlier on when we started this podcast and I was saying like, I'm really worried about me in these movies. I was worrying about these, I was worried about watching movies like this because I thought that I was going to over empathize with characters who were going to get tortured or like whatever. And that was going to fuck me up. We're hoping that happens. Yeah. yeah. It, it might still. still. That it might yeah. still. Yeah. It's early. But, but it hasn't currently happened yet and I don't know like it, 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 it's entirely it's not like extreme cinema is more or less likely to do that it's dependent on the director's ability to uh, create believable and important characters yeah and I think that this movie did that the worst right um, Martyrs d did it pretty pretty good I actually thought Cutting Moments did it very well very yeah. well yeah. for sure but we did say Cutting Moments had the edge on only being 26 minutes yeah, that's yeah. true we, yeah. I mean yeah, yeah. If, we, if we if we yeah. watched a two hour movie with those people I might not be able to believe them anymore but. yeah so I'm going to proceed myself a little bit and we're going to end out this co this conversation with a thought of ethics but I want to introduce the idea of responsibility now mm -hmm. so it's a responsibility of a filmmaker in one sense, to be empathetic in representing their characters or a way to do that. If they're going to, maybe the, the responsibility is to uh, uh, represent them in as realistic as possible or in a way, at least in a way in which engages the viewer, right? And empathy could be a route to that. And um, the viewer is supposed to connect on that level. Like that would be a way in which to understand the relationships between filmmakers, movies, and then the viewer. And we'll come back and we'll, we can problematize that or develop that a little bit later. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to add another layer to, um, our, uh, to our understanding of empathy, again, via Borat's cousin. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that is what, a term that I find pretty interesting, and he calls it uh, the erosion of empathy. And he says that this is what leads to acts of evil and cruelty more generally and almost whistled like crazy. Yeah, that was a cool yeah. sound. <laughs> cruelty. Cruelty. I can't I can't do it again. Cruelty. It's like a cradle of filth vocal <laughs> take. A cradle. <laughs> so he says that uh, the erosion of empathy occurs when, and this is something that we Danny was touching on earlier in the podcast, uh, way earlier in the podcast. Um, six hours when, ago. Yeah, six, about six, seven hours ago. Uh <laughs> The erosion of empathy occurs when people are able to view people as objects 
and not subjects. Yeah. So the key distinction there is a subject would be a person with feelings and someone that you should empathize with, someone that you are responsible for to at least not harm in some kind of way. If you can convert that person into an object, which was what Danny was saying, like these victims seem to be, are like more objects, and they are objects literally within the any loose fucking story or narrative of this film. Yep. They are merely objects to develop the killer's sexual deviancy. Yeah, they're objects for the director and they're yeah. also objects in a different way for the for the viewer. For, or for the viewer, well, but also yeah. for the for the murderer. Like it's yeah. like he's just he's trying to use them to get to get one oh he's trying to get the venom out of himself that he's you know when I you know, I think it's more for the viewer because like I said every rev- positive review is about the titties. That's it. Right. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. yeah. All of them. Yeah. There's no one that's like brilliant film. Yeah, like there was one. Yeah, yeah that's, that's one crazy. from, from a one. woman, right? Yeah. Like it's it's super crazy. But I never thought of that. Even when you said it earlier, uh, that's crazy that it would be like again. It's not it's not positive. It's obviously like gross, but it's like yeah. successful that he's objectified. It's it's crazy that someone had confirmed that they've objectified or like yeah. Like, yeah, that's a good. Well, I mean, these are even just on IMDb. Like, yeah. they're not even digging deep for like the yeah. the weird people that will go on certain you know yeah forums and like talk the dirty shit about these movies. Like, this one is very public IMDb. Yeah, and people yeah. are still like, man, though, like, that's where so does he sweet. find these women? These are yeah. nice. That's so crazy. <laughs> these these <laughs> are nice. Yeah. These, are, oh. these is important. Yeah, that's an important <laughs> that's word in objectifying. Crazy. Yeah. These. So. Uh, on that note, with the idea of these, uh, Baron Cohen, Simon Baron Cohen, uh, uses a, <laughs> all right, let's call it what it is. It's Borat's cousin. Borat's cousin. Just Borat's say cousin, uh, draws on what is a, uh, early and like foundational, uh, book on empathy. And it comes from, uh, I believe, uh, the late 1940s. So like right out of, uh, world war two, like in the book it's, I didn't draw on it, but it would, because it's so shitty and, t- and like, uh, what's the word like secondary or tertiary into the movie, but he draws on the Holocaust and Nazis a ton as like obviously ideal candidates for lack of empathy and the ability to churn people into objects. Yeah. Right. So I just want to acknowledge that, but I'm not. So, and again, because this Martin Buber's, it's called Ich in Du, which is I and you in German Mm -hmm. is um, (laughs) David's face. It's killing me right now. Yes. Yes. That's the title. Um, Basically offers two modes of being. And those beings are, I and you, which I said earlier, which is like me and my boys, yeah. the way that I make sense of it. And then I and it, which would be the viewer that's like, these are nice. Yeah. Right? That's I and it. That's These aren't yeah. subject. These are objects. These are bodies to be gawked at. Yeah. Right? So I'm going to add to this because he draws on uh, three types of personality disorders where people occupy the I, it zone and become non-empathetic. So yeah. I, you. Two thumbs up for empathy. I, it, two thumbs down for empathy. So those uh, personality disorders, as Borat's cousin uh, summarizes them, are borderline personality disorder, narcissism, and psychopaths. So the way in which he differentiates between these is he says that psychopaths share the same types of mood swings of a borderline personality disorder, and they also have the self-aggrandizing behavior of narcissists. But the key difference here is that they, quote, have a willingness to do whatever it takes to satisfy their needs, including violence. So I guess the idea of violence, whether it be, he really focuses on physical, but it could also be like emotional or mm-hmm. manipulation in that way, it would be ways in which we can start separating psychopaths from the other personality type. He has like a pretty cool Venn diagram in yeah. there. And uh, they share a part of that that circle. Yeah, but so are you are you saying that 
the thing that differentiates from psychopaths from people with borderline personality disorder or like a narcissistic personality disorder is their ability to do something different. I'm not saying anything. Or I know Borat's, okay. <laughs> Borat's cousin. So you yeah. Borat's that. cousin had a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Borat's cousin is yeah. definitely saying that. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's that's the conversation. So I didn't mean to put Borat's cousin's word, words in yeah, your mouth. Please but, don't. Yeah, please <laughs> don't. That's not what I'm saying. No. Yeah. Uh, so yes, he would say that that's a, a big distinction is the fact that you could you could act on in a violent way, in a cruel manner, yeah. uh, your desires, mm-hmm. right? So I'm going to digress for a second here, and we're going to stay in the world of psychopaths. I don't know if you remember, but last week I said it would be cool to see if maybe one of the redeeming elements of this film would be if they created an accurate profile of a serial killer. Remember that when yeah. I said that? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah now yeah. I'm changing it to psychopath. That's cool. That's better. Right? Yeah. Okay. So I have a couple criteria that I want you guys to help me judge the photographer through. Okay. So I'm gonna give you I'm gonna give you a rundown of Borat's cousin's criteria of a psychopath. Yeah. All right, Sven. We're coming. All right. Yeah, we're getting you. We're coming, buddy. So let's mm-hmm. put let's put Benny, the photographer, <laughs> yeah, Benny. to the test. First is that he, uh, psychopaths have superficial charm. Yes. Yeah. Give me an example. Well, he's he picks up girls <laughs> literally everywhere. I can make it <laughs> like more concise. What's his sideburns? Chops. Chops. <laughs> he's got the chops. Yeah. yeah. He's a chopper. Um, the second one is they lack anxiety or guilt. Yes. Mm. What about 9-11? I was going to say that. <laughs> yeah, with his craziness. Stuff. But yeah. he seems but pretty anxious about he, 9-11. Yeah. Okay, well, where he, he shows that he doesn't have any would be asking for the nut job over and over. True. When the guy is like, when the guy is like, the yeah, get bag, the fuck the out. Yeah, 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 yeah. The nut job. job. <laughs> it's like he wants something you done know to I you. want nut job. Yeah. Get it for me now. Yeah. I know it's in the back. Yeah. You're so weird and everyone's looking at you. What do you mean by that? Go get me nut job. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right though. Yeah. Yeah. Because he just comes flat out. Like everybody's there. Yo, go get me nut. I need, uh, he's like, I need, like clear as day. Like not whispering it. Yeah. It's not like, yo. And even when the guy's like, get the fuck out of here with this. He's like, he's yeah, like, but go in the back and get, get my me, snut film. Get me my film. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Give me, give me my film to watch. But also, there's also like the that scene where he's like, the woman is, he has nightmares. He has like, he has like anxiety nightmares all the fucking time. Yeah, yeah that's all true. All the time. The mother ones, the... Okay, but do nightmares count for empathy or for what? For, this and, would be for, anxiety, for, no, this, for the psych, this is a psychopath. For anxiety. Psychopath yeah, for anxiety. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. so, yeah, because they're anxiety-induced nightmares. Like, he also has that one with where but, the okay. murdered woman is taking photographs of him. No, and no, it's no, but like, those are all dreams. Yeah, no, I know. This is where, this so is where my argument count? would come in. Do dreams count? Yeah, I would say so only because yeah. they exist in the unconscious, which is tied to anxiety. Right, but if they don't manifest in your life, then what? They're repressed. Right, but I mean, anxiety to me is something that has to be in this case, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue for yeah. just just for interest sake, here, okay. for yeah. the conversation. But yeah. to be a psychopath, I think you could you could have crazy bad dreams, all right, but never show anxiety in your day to day life. Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That you're so successful at repressing it, or yeah. if you experience it at all, if right, if right, yeah. you because can I think it ev- successfully, I, I'm I don't know obviously, but I would say like even the people I know that exhibit like that that have some of the disorders that we're talking yeah. about or anything, I know that they feel terribly anxious or right. like have terrible feelings like that, but it doesn't come across yeah. right. Yeah. Like they they can seem completely completely devoid of those yeah. emotions, but yeah, and I, there, I yeah. think the thing about the anxiety here is that it's, it's, it's unqualified, but we could go out on, on a limb and say like, it would be anxious surrounding the psychopathic things that you do there. He displays zero anxiety about killing and raping women. Yeah, oh, anxiety. and having a basement full of bodies. Yeah. And, yeah. All right. The next one I think is a particularly good one. Um, psychopaths are, uh, usually, uh, dishonest and undependable or independable. He's always late. He's always, he's always, always late. late. Yeah. He's yeah. always late. His wife, yeah. and he's yeah. lying to his wife where he's at. He's yeah. lying to everybody. He's always late. Yeah, That's you're right does, there. Yeah. Right. All right. Okay. So that one. Yeah. Uh, egocentricity. Of course, his wall. Yeah, he's a narcissist. Like, look yeah. at me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, inability to form lasting intimate relationships. 
He has a wife. <laughs> but how long was he yeah, with Charlotte? Yeah, and how int- intimate is <laughs> not this? Not long enough, yeah. Yeah, yeah their For intimacy sure. was not... Yeah, Their yeah. intimacy created a child, Yeah, and that was yeah. it. Yeah. For sure. All right, next one is failure to learn from punishment. Is he even punished in this movie at all? Yeah, I was just that, trying to think of the we mother. Can't, we like, can't, well, yeah, me too. is there anything that I don't think there is? That's not punishment. No, no, no. no but I mean, just, like, was there anything if in he was those, punished in yeah. those dreams or anything? But I don't think there was. Yeah, because if he was punished, that would be a story. The closest yeah. thing to failure to learn from punishment I can think of is when he gets a fucking royal whooping from Jade in the basement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He comes back for more and gets more. You're right. So yep. no, he doesn't learn. He, he yep. fails to learn from yep. punishment. All right. Next one is they suffer from a poverty of emotions. No, he's got a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that that one is truly not applicable to the photographer. Okay. What right. are the emotions? Uh, Walk me through rage. Mm-hmm. All right, rage. Yeah, uh, sadness regarding uh, like he's it's like he 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 gets bummed on like when looking at the doll he gets sad. Hate. Hate. Hates his mom. Yeah. Hates and hates mother. women. Yeah. I just feel like that's all rage. I don't I don't even buy the sadness. Well, I, I think he hated so his mom. Be, how do we have a poverty, right? So is poverty you are able to have different variations of what are essentially one key emotion? Well, that's what I'm saying. Right? I think that's poverty is like one like thing. I feel like that's stretching it though. I feel like that's that's saying well, that, he's certainly not. That's, that's qualifying emotions as either good or bad. No, 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 no. I, mean, I don't think it is. Well, no, it's just putting them in two categories because it's like, I feel like there are moments in the film where he is stressed out and upset and I don't think that those things fit with rage. I feel like that's a right. different emotion. I feel like he goes through at least three emotions. But do you think movie. he experiences any type of positive emotion? No. No. Right, so then it's like he has a poverty of positive emotion. That would be it. Where, what about a wealth of negative emotions? Does he seem to get a sense of enjoyment out of, of no. the killing? Yeah, he doesn't. No. And he this doesn't. is like, I, I think I'm walking right towards saying that he did a great job of making him a psychopath. I like, did like a I got perfect, two more. I have two more. Yeah. Let's like not a jump perfect the gun. job. Yeah. Okay. Uh, lack of insight into the impact of their behavior. True. Yeah. True. Yeah. Uh, and failure to plan ahead. Yeah, he just jumps on a bus going to LA and he's got no plan. Well, he does carry that knife around. That's a good plan. <laughs> that's, a good so that's a pretty good plan. Yeah. All right. So in the vein of science mm-hmm. and uh, us being scientists. Are you a scientist? I'm a scientist. I'm a scientist right now. Whoa. Yeah, we're all scientists scientist. like Borat's cousin is a scientist. So that's right. I felt like we needed to do due diligence and we couldn't skew our test on uh, Sven Garrett's psychopath. Ickness yeah. on just one on on just Borat's cousin alone. Yeah. So I did. Uh, I unintentionally discovered the another criteria, and this criteria is developed by another uh, renowned <laughs> and eminent psychologist, Doctor Phil. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Phil McGraw. Doctor Phil. Yeah. This okay. is Doctor Phil's fourteen point criteria for serial killers and psychopaths. Could you ask in Doctor Phil's voice? <laughs> Over 90% of serial killers are male. Do you agree? (laughs) Do you agree? Uh, Yeah. This falls. Uh, They tend to be intelligent with IQs in the bright normal range. Ooh. So do we think he's super smart? No. (laughs) No, right? We have zero reason to believe that he's smart. I prefer to believe he's not at all. In this film. All right. Yeah. They do poorly in school, have trouble holding down jobs, and often work as unskilled laborers. No. Nope. That's fucking seems stupid. No, he's a me. fine artist. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a fine yeah, artist. Yeah, he's exactly. <laughs> I'm, I just he's immediately, I'm just immediately attacking Dr. Phil's list of criteria because I feel like you could take this list of criteria but of course, after the fact and We did one like, scientist <laughs> and now we're doing Dr. Phil. We're doing another scientist. And there's, there's still like 11 more points to come. <laughs> okay. Uh, Plenty of time to they attack. They tend to come from markedly unstable families. Yeah. That one's bad. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, right? she's dead, and that's not stable. So, as children, <laughs> they are often abandoned by their fathers and raised by domineering mothers. Wow. Nope. I mean, no. Well, the mother's dead. He was raised by no one. All right. He's a he's a like I said. She child. was like okay, and this this isn't. Uh, she was a bit of a scare quotes whore. 
that seemed to upset him. Can you say that in the Dr. Phil? She was a whore, <laughs> a bit of a whore. Scare quotes. <laughs> so I feel like that one's tough. That one is tough. But I feel like there is like, there, there was never a father figure even brought up. No. So I've, yeah, I, yeah. You know what that really means though? What's interesting? I just, 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 just dawned on me. Yeah. The baby by that criteria is going to be a serial killer. <laughs> or as a propensity to it because she's definitely going to be a- how can you tell that that baby's not going to be able to hold down a job other than being an unskilled laborer <laughs> no because she's gonna she's abandoned by her father but that's what you just said what no i'm just joking <laughs> did i say that that was no. the last point yeah oh i see before, i yeah. see what you say their families often have criminal psychiatric or and or alcoholic histories yeah. We don't know. We have no idea. No. Well, criminal. We do know. No, no, no. His family. Oh, I'm thinking of the baby again. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. yeah, the only important part is uh, they are commonly abused as children psychologically, physically, and sexually. Often the abuse is by a family member. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. No. All right. The way he was like hanging out over his dead mom in the dream though was like that uh, was kind of weird that was weird that was weird it, it made me think sexual yeah me too and she was topless yeah yeah but she the, but the whole thing was that she was murdered by someone and All he right. blamed her for that and it was like that's yeah no it's crazy for a woman it's like yeah. it's like his mother like the trauma of his mother being murdered by potentially somebody like him uh rather than him uh feeling the sadness of losing his mother and feeling seeing her as a victim he sees her as the perpetrator like she died at him with yep. her top off because she's a whore to him. Yeah, that's in fair. his mind. Yep. yep. Um, many serial killers spend time in institutions as children and have records of early psychiatric problems. No, no way to tell. No. Oh yeah, there is. This guy, this kid, fucking with that weird doll. Like yeah. I'm not saying, but it's he wasn't like, in an institution. I know, but he's got yeah. some psychiatric problems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. I guess so. He's like he's made the doll a fetishized like version of his mother. And it is tied up even when he's a yeah, kid. So yeah, 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 fair enough. That's yeah. true. Fair enough. Right. Uh they have high suicide attempts. <sighs> we could only hope this movie didn't make it this far. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Uh next one. I take that back in terms of a real life situation. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. You could have taken it back next week. No. Um <laughs> I really thought about it. Oh. From an, er, uh, from an early age, many are intensely interested in voyeurism, fetishism, and sadomasochistic pornography. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Right? Yeah, of course. Course. I think we should have simultaneously been chalking this list up with Palumbo. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, we should. We should yeah, maybe that's next week. <laughs> uh, two more. Last two. I'm going to give them to you in one go. Whoa. Many serial killers are fascinated with fire starting. They are involved, lastly, with sadistic activity or tormenting small creatures. Do we get any of that stereotypical screw killer shit? Did you torture no, any animals? I don't think so. Which was crazy. That's why I said the bedwetter thing last yeah. week, like yeah. as a joke. Yeah. But that's not yeah. for sure. Like the the three that usually get checked off, the the biggest one is torturing animals. So yeah. it's funny that Palumbo, you missed the mark, buddy. Yeah. yeah. That's a must. Everybody have. knows that. Everybody knows that. Yeah. All right, so that's our criteria. Overall, he did well. What's the skill? Yeah, he so did well. He did well. well give I'll, it, I'll give, give him it that. letter grades. If you had to based on what we just did, give me give me a letter grade. Man, on the first list, like he got an A. All right, I give him an A. I'm not going to give him an A plus because no. I do not agree that he did not. Sh- he showed a poverty of emotions. I think there was a myriad of emotions. They were just all negative. All right. and for us to look at that and just say like, oh, that's like like a poverty because he doesn't have. <laughs> Opposing emotions doesn't mean that there's a lack of emotions there. They're just all negative. And another argument could just be that Sven just couldn't kind of get the yeah, he the, doesn't he just know emotions how to across yeah, like yeah, usually, for sure, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah for sure that could be a fault of no one but Sven Garrett's yeah. yeah just like Nick Plum it might have been killing himself it, Sven just, just fucking smile just man him yeah. just, <laughs> just fucking <laughs> out of the scene sending like Jade up to sneak on, up behind him and I get him I do not feel it I do not yeah <laughs> Do not touch me. I don't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Back to empathy. So we did our, we did our quest. We're going to round out our conversation on empathy and, yep. and ethics right now. So it's easy to see how the photographer occupies that I it p- position because he's constantly turning people into objects, right? Yeah. So 
we've already kind of touched on this. Do you have, and my question here, I got ahead of myself is to what end, why is he turning people into objects? Obviously it fulfills his like the sexual, whatever mm-hmm. drives that he has, but are there any other people that he turns into objects in the film? If so, why are there any other objectifications happening? Might not just have to be sexually, but well, he doesn't really interact with that many other people. No, what about the wife? Just how does he deal with the wife? Yeah, well, it's the wife an and, and the, the dude at the porn shop. Yeah. And I keep going back to him because he's the only male that yeah. gets killed. So I'm like, just to make a difference here. Yeah, he doesn't seem to consider his perspective or thought. Like when he comes in. Well, he kills like, him for no reason. Yeah. yeah. Which, which he does to the women he too. He certainly but. can't empathize with that man because when the guy's like, hey, listen, we don't sell that screwball shit in here. He's kind of like, Go get me nutbag right now. Yeah. yeah. You know? Well, and then the and even like once everyone's dead and the guy's like, "Yo, thank you, man. That's yeah." Because the can- the Candyman misunderstands that as being saved. Absolutely. Yeah. That right? like you just yeah. saved him and then he gets the gun held up. No, yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, looking at that's the character point of view. Looking back at our role as viewers, um, I would assume that whenever we come into a movie, when we're no, when we know that there's going to be a high level of violence. Uh, inflicted upon more than likely a female character, mm-hmm. possibly more than likely like multiple times, especially in a movie like this, we would want to occupy the I it or sorry the I you mode. It's av- right. Well, we would yeah. want to come in thinking that we could be empathetic, yeah, and being yes. able to I, to 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 empathize with that uh, with that position. So my question is. Is is Nick Palumbo succe- successful? And I guess this will just kind of like to exclam- ex- exclamate the point because we've talked about this, but maybe to draw it to a conclusion, do you think he's successful in in drawing out your empathy? Yeah, well, making us emp- empathic. Yeah. No. 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 Yeah. I think that what what he he does is I think that the the. Uh, the intent might be the opposite. I yeah. don't think he's necessarily trying to drain, draw out your empathy. I think he's trying to shock you into but again, can losing you... your empathy. Okay, and because that's what that's what the, that's what fucked me up about this movie this week. I realized that I fell into a comfortable place for myself, a defense mechanism of I it because it was easier for me to not experience the trauma with these victims. Mm-hmm. Because I could. Oh, so you do, think, do you think that he tried to do that? Yeah, you think I that, don't he, know that he, he tried just, to rob people of empathy? Well, I think that that's the point of exploitation. I don't. You don't. No, but I like your answer better. Yeah, I like your answer way better. But then I, that makes that just means he mind bucked us. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he did that intentionally or not. I think that yeah. that might I be think the that, goal that of, would change everything. Yeah, to me. I think that yeah. he was unsuccessfully but, dabbled in exploitation. Yeah. And and spread it across so many different shock yeah. things that it became so thin that yeah. we 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 deactivated. Well, th- think of think of, like like unpack it for a minute. Why would somebody make an exploitation film? Like the, think of the people who make these empathize with the people who make these films. Uh-huh. They these are people who enjoy films like this. These are people that think that you know people need to lighten the fuck up and like just you know it's just a movie and it's just whatever you can it's you can view these characters as objects. Mm-hmm. And so to create a movie where you as a viewer are forced to view them as an object because it's too uncomfortable to view them as a subject, then you are adopting the position of the director which is probably not intentionally but maybe unintentionally there. Okay. I fully am with you. I'm going to throw one other thing in here. Can you consciously say this person is being objectified without being empathetic? Which person? So if I'm looking at one of the sexual objects in the movie, yeah. Can I con- can I like can I clearly say to my mind like in an intellectual way like in a way that protects myself from it mm-hmm. that person's an object without being empathetic do you know what i mean it's like no 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 no, no. but so the guy that the guy that doesn't i think that doesn't engage in empathy the most is the guys that david was saying gave the positive but the chicks are hot review yeah. those are the people but who- the guy that's like you yeah. that says that person is being objectified and that makes me feel fucked you're using empathy there, yeah, hugely. But that that person's being objectified. But I think I think that what I'm saying is that at the time I watched that movie, I didn't feel fucked. I think that I initially, like, I saw but you the didn't f- allow yourself to feel. fucked. I didn't allow myself to feel fucked because 
my initial reaction to empathize with a character or with somebody yeah. on a screen was immediately thwarted by realizing that the dire the director was trying to objectify them yeah. for me yeah. and I didn't want to accept that. Right, exactly. So I yeah. turned off the empathy to not subjective not to not view the his object as my subject. Right. Yeah. No, because for sure. that would yeah. have been a really uncomfortable thing for me to 100%, do. Yeah. And I think that that's what I'm saying about exploitation films is I think that that's what they do. That's seemingly what their goal is to me, at least right. as an empath empathetic viewer. Yeah. What else would the goal be? Yeah. And Why we're going to, we're going to find that out when we watch uh, an exploitation film yeah. Yeah. on this. I just think, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, that's a really interesting, I never thought about that perspective. I think that's pr uh, pretty interesting. Mm -hmm. So, uh, in line with that, or just mm -hmm. to sh finish this up, um, so when my question, and I have another question, it's my, uh, my second last question is, so when dealing with extreme levels of misogyny uh, and sexual violence, do we actually need the characters to be subjects for us to empathize with them as victims? Or does Palumbo assume that witnessing the violence is enough to activate a viewer's empathy? He has to assume that with 30 murders. Right. Yeah. I, th I think that he just went overboard. Right. In this movie, I think he thought that he he was like, I think that he, like somebody who doesn't understand empathy really, he was like, well, I'll put a murder on a screen, then it's on them to feel bad for the person. And it's like it's like yeah. he's like, it's like he's over painting with broad strokes like viewer empathy. If he's, I was if I was fifteen, yeah, and I watched this, mm -hmm. I might be like, holy shit, right. Yeah, crazy movie. Yeah, where where it's almost like uh, we were talking about man shit, and it's like a shared experience. Yeah. yeah, my shared experience with a film like this, if I was fifteen, would be that I would want to show my friends. Yeah, so that I could gauge their reaction to yeah. the film. Yeah, and I would probably then be taking the point of view that like it's sick. Yeah, yeah. you know, being like. Oh, you couldn't handle it? Yeah. Like it's so sure. crazy you can't handle That's it? That's ultimately what I want to happen at this with Danny. But it's not happening yet. No, I know. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I feel sure. like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah. All right. Let's round this out. I want to do this by introducing the idea of ethics. I don't need any answers from you right now. If answers come to mind, cool. But the point here is not to... Not to... Um, speed through this question and think about it only right now. Uh... So ethics in general, we're all familiar with the term, mm -hmm. is uh, it's also a, obviously a massive branch of philosophy, right? It's dedicated to basically under, different ways of understanding, scare quotes, what's right, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a ton of branches. There's, just to name four, there's utilitarianism, what's the best for the greater good? There's virtuism, what's the virtuous thing to do? There's hedonism, what does the hedonist do to operate on just your... Is it is it uh, ethical to fulfill your most immediate need? And consequentialism. So as a consequence, what is it going to do? Uh, what would your decisions do? But the one that I want to focus on is called uh, deontology. And it's basically uh, the way in which we try to get an answer of what we ought to do or what is morally right. So that's how I want us to start thinking about ethics in films that we're watching what should someone what should we what should they ought to do what's the morally right thing to do what's the ethical thing like to the do? filmmaker yeah so and and us and yeah. us so here are my questions don't need answers right now if you got immediate ones cool yeah. this is something i want us to develop over the entire series however many of this does this is a this is a working definition a definition that's a work in progress so can we begin to develop an ethic for watching these movies so what, if any, is our ethical responsibilities as viewers of these films, such as murder set pieces? What are we supposed to do with them? Why are we watching them? And what are we doing when, what's the best way to talk about them? Since this is a, a podcast, it's focused on dialogue. Yeah. Um, or what are we supposed to feel? When, are we, when is it okay to reject something like what you felt? Yeah. And how do you make peace with that? Was what you were dealing with over the course of this week. Mm -hmm. Last question. What are the ethics of those people creating the movies? What is their ethical responsibility? So think about it like, should Nick Palumbo have represented those people as subjects? Should he had tried to create this no. glossary of shocking shit, right? That just kind of folds 9-11, Nazis, mm. crazy amounts of misogyny into one thing. 
Yeah, though I think it's a shit movie. I think it's fair that he made it. Right. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I don't think. Like, I can't make the argument. Like, it's too sticky to get into. Like, should this person do this or should this person do that? Yep. The best argument against against this movie being made for me is the one made by the British Film Board. You should. The one thing is that I, I like the one thing that I think is, and I don't even know if it's like a should or shouldn't, but it feels ethically unsound to use art to elicit a violent reaction or a sympath a sympath an empathetic reaction with a vi- with a violent criminal or with violent crime in a viewer so right. so like meaning like to make to make somebody to sexualize for the viewer sexual assault that seems more that seems unethical to me right. as a filmmaker because why are you doing that Right. Like for what? So that's a great question. Yeah, we should think about the answer. We should need yeah. to think about the answer. Because there would be that. an answer. The yeah, only thing that's that- truly of all the movies we, I, I, I know about that we're going to watch, the, this is, I feel like, the only one that's going to do that. Wrong. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Big this, time. Is, this is a cornerstone of exploitation. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is a genre. And you might see worse or better versions of that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. So what I don't, on a brighter note, on a brighter note, what I don't want us to think about, I I don't think we should think about is should these movies be made because that we wouldn't be having this podcast. Like it's just. Oh, and I would just say they should. Yeah. So I don't think that's like really the question that's up for debate. It's not really the answer that I'm thinking of. What's more interesting is these movies have been created. What do we do with them? Yeah. It's, I, I, for me, it's a matter of like, like when I, like initially when we started this, I was like, should these movies be made? I don't think they should or should not. I think that they're people are free to make what they want to make. Yeah, and if you're gonna spend two million on it, like do your thing. Yeah, do your sure. thing. Yeah, but you didn't. I don't think he did spend two million. I still think that's bullshit. It's a right. cool story. I, uh, it's a cool story. A lot of the stories are cool stories. Bro. I, uh, <laughs> I have a, I have a surprise. I have an activity I love for us to do. We're gonna be doing this, and we're gonna bring the results to it for next episode. So, in Borat's cousin's book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He uh, develops what he calls, or he basically says that everybody oh. falls on the bell curve. We're going to find out if we're psychopaths. No, no it, almost. Yeah. It's uh, you fall on the bell curve of empathy. I guess by like, by consequence, you, you would be able to, we're not going to do Dr. Phil's yeah. test, but what we are going to do is what Simon Baron Cohen developed. It's called the empathy quotient. It's a 40 point scale question and answer yeah. that we will be able to mark and grade to see who out of the three of us is the most and least empathetic person. Well, I'm for sure going to be the least empathetic person. I'm like, <laughs> I just can't watch movies. I can't <laughs> that. I was like, it turns out I don't care about anybody. Yeah. So we'll be doing that for next week and we will end now with uh, some loose ends. Yeah. I David. Some, sorry, go ahead. Oh no, no, no. Loose ends yeah, too? You oh, got some. Uh, loose end. I only I have want, one. I want to tie up. So I was talking about, um, the example of uh, how how murder set pieces didn't contain anti-Semitism inherently, uh-huh. and here's a good example. Okay. So my friend was up to, to my recollection was really upset with Borat. He okay. didn't like that movie because people were laughing at the idea that you know this guy who comes to America and he's just so brazenly anti-Semitic, and people are like. Well, I don't know what to do about it, and it's it's like he he was in you know as a teenager sat through this movie, and he just heard an entire theater laughing at this guy you know comparing Jews to like the devil and like goats and shit, and that was offensive to him because he felt like these people are laughing like no one actually feels that way, and a lot of fucking people do, and that that's the point of satire. No, I know, but it's oh man. I hope I can find it. I have Simon Baron Cohen's response to that movie, to to what you just said. Really? Oh yeah, that's wild. That is yeah. wild. Yeah, but it's it's I just have to find it. But but <laughs> it's it's the the thing about it is that the satire of it is that people are laughing at it like it's so ridiculous that some people feel this way. But it undermines like imagine that movie being made, but instead of him coming to America and talking about Jews that way, talking about black people that way. Couldn't wouldn't be like no, that then in a that, theater full of people. Right. But then that shows the level that we put 
I don't want to say we, I don't even know. Like the, yeah. the way that society grades the, what you can and can't make fun of yeah. now. Correct. Right. Correct. But what, what I'm saying is in terms of anti-Semitism, that's a problem because, uh, the bar for anti-Semitism is Nazism. It's like the bar for anti-Semitism is, um, is, is, Systemic. It, this is so huge. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, hold on. Sorry, <laughs> I just want to finish this slide. It's systemic extermination of a, of an ethnic group of people, and that's not true about black people. The bar isn't slavery. It's like ah, if we're not fucking putting chains on a black guy, then who gives a shit? That's not the way that people think about black people. That is the way that people think about anti-Semitism. Is like. Oh, who gives a shit? They're fine. And he's offended by that because he's experienced anti-Semitism throughout his entire life in a way that being watching people laugh at that type of anti-Semitism in Borat fucked with him big time in a way that I don't think the Nazi imagery in this movie would. Right. Okay. So number one, yeah. this movie is definitely not uh, implicitly or actively anti-Semitic. What, I would agree with that. Pieces. Yeah. Yeah. It is implicitly. It is hoping that you, as a viewer, have a reservoir of images, feelings, emotions, thoughts, as someone who probably would hopefully empathize, relate to, or are Jewish. Yeah. And if you have that, you will be offended. Yeah. So it's indirectly. Yeah. Number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Here's, here is Simon Baron Cohen's defense of his cousin Borat. I'm going to give you a little lead up. <laughs> Uh, consider, uh, that back in 1542, Martin Luther wrote a pamphlet entitled against the Jews calling on Catholics to attack them in which he advocated burning synagogues and destroying Jewish homes. 400 years later, the young Adolf Hitler quoted Martin Luther in Mein Kampf to give his own Nazi racist view some respectability. This is also coming, uh, from uh, a Jewish person. Uh, going on to create the concentration camps like the one nine-year-old Thomas Bergwinthal was in with gas chambers that ended up killing six million Jews. This shows, here we go, this shows how dangerous it can be if small, unempathetic acts go unnoticed. We didn't get that in there, but here's the... My cousin, Sasha Baron Cohen, whose comic character Borat exposed contemporary anti-Semitism by posing as an anti-Semite himself, quotes Cambridge historian Ian Kershaw's chilling phrase, and this is Sash Baron Cohen, mm-hmm. the path to Auschwitz was paved with indifference. So he's saying by being this and getting people to say like, yeah, yeah. to his, he's exposing anti-Semitism and not, he's, he's bringing to like anybody, and I see your point. So yeah. what it really, that, that comment relies on the entire, intellectual capacity of the viewer. Yeah. But that's- and I don't know anyone who's actually a piece of shit. That's like, Borat's my favorite movie because, no, I, because I, I fully think he's telling the truth. No, no, I know. I know. But I think that people's assessment of it is they're laughing at the idea of this guy doing that and people not reacting because they don't know how to react. And they're laughing at the people who are, not reacting to this thing, but it's like if some fucking weird foreign guy were to come up to you and make some fucking comment like that, are you going to be like, get the fuck out of my face? Or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, but would, uh, would, uh, just, just going back to, uh, uh, the, 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 the African American, the black thing, right. Yeah. Where you're saying like, would be different is, is, uh, and this is just to go with Sasha Baron Cohen yeah. is Ollie G any different than Borat. Cause he's a, he's a caricature of black stereotypes. As a white guy. Uh, yeah, but I think that you can make the argument that he's a caricature of a white guy doing black stereotypes. Oh, for sure. And that's what makes it like safe. Yeah. Like if I think that a- makes it worse because at least he's a Jewish guy making anti-Semitic jokes. Yeah, but right. I think I think that he's 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 poking fun at guys that ad- it's like that to me is poking fun at cultural appropriation. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's he's not it's not. He's not poking fun at the culture. He's poking fun at the people who adopt the culture. But I don't think he's poking fun at Jewish people. I think he's trying no, no. to yeah, poke fun at, fun at people that are anti-Semitic. But I yeah. think your big concern is yeah. is whether or not the v- like it's Dave Chappelle's conundrum. Yeah, when yeah. he left comedy yeah. because he felt like he was no longer 
commenting or people were missing the message and he was becoming That's a tool. He's becoming a tool. It's the ending of his most recent comedy Absolutely. show. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that like, I'm not necessarily that Borat is an inherently anti-Semitic movie, but if you, if you miss the message, yeah. then, then it, it, it imparts an anti-Semitic message where it's that, if you see something like this happening and you react to it by laughing at the yeah. satire of it, you are missing the pain of the people that it's at the expense of. Right. Because that's not funny. No yeah. one's going to watch that though. Yeah. If it was just painful, like it's but, a no, way I, to get a message I across. Know, but that's what my buddy's problem with this movie was. Yeah. He was like, it's fucking painful for me to watch this movie. Which and brings us to tonight's movie. Yes. yes. Or rat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not actually. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, no, I get that. I, <laughs> yeah, I fully understand that. I also think that that particular friend would probably have some issue with the with the inclusion of the Nazi stuff in. No, I talked to him. Yeah. But that like, I, I I rubbed with it him with it, and he was like, "That that's kind of where I got this from." Was, okay, but like, then that that I still don't think that erases the potential for some other correct Jewish person. It, it to doesn't. That way. It doesn't. Yeah. But I just think that it's. I it's, think it actually speaks to the idea that it's completely subjective. Yeah, hundred percent. That any given viewer can feel any given way. Yeah, and it's weird. Whether for us, you're female, it's, and it is weird for us to speculate on on like whatever because there are two different perspectives yeah, always. Sure. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Yeah. So wait, hold on. We were watching Borat again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right after David's loose end. Yeah, yeah. So my loose end was uh, that last week we uh, we challenged ourselves to write a better movie that w- weaved in all of the uh, the ideas i don't know that i even got half of them Mm -hmm. as we we couldn't even make a complete list we just we were overwhelmed as two other people who failed to do so you win yeah you win no matter what yeah Yeah. and it is not good so so my story just to preface my reading of it because i have it written out very simply yeah was that about one minute before i came to do this (laughs) podcast i went oh shit i didn't write the thing and these two guys for sure did their homework (laughs) and wrote like wicked stories so Mm. i'm gonna do the shittiest one i can do no this is the best one so this is the best one instead of doing work (laughs) okay so here's my story and tell me what I missed, because I'm sure I missed a lot. All right. Uh, and this is exactly how I wrote it, because that's going to be the easiest way to get through yep, it. Do it. Ask questions, because I got the whole movie in my mind. Do it. Yeah. Uh, Nazi dude attacks and kills women because he wants to love them, but he doesn't because he's gay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But he's only ever gay for two dudes at once because he's afraid of intimacy. <laughs> okay. So he orchestrates 9-11. Okay to knock down the two giant phalluses from the sky, which will free him of his duo gayness. Okay. That's so fucking crazy. (laughs) When that happens, George W. does a speech somewhere and our anti-hero falls immediately in love with him and in doing so ends terror forever. (laughs) So George Bush effectively ended terror with the war on terror. Falling in love with our anti-hero. That's a better movie. That's, That's a, a way better, better movie. I'd watch Man. that movie. If I saw that movie in theaters, <laughs> I feel like there are some missing themes. Yeah, but I don't even want to punish it. Like I'm not going to detract. <laughs> no, from that. yeah, the that's one, all I got. I think it's only fair that uh, you take this bedrock of a great movie and to take some more time with it since we fucked it and try and sneak in a couple other ones. Have a listen to the podcast, sneak in a couple other ones. I know All what right. the other themes are that you got to sneak in. What are they? Photography. Photography. Yeah. Misogyny. Masculinity. Masculinity. Well, that's in well, there. The, the misogyny is there. Yeah. Is masculinity it? is kind of like... Does he, hate, does he hate women at this? Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he's yeah, gay. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah, gay. Great, he's gay. Right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, okay. Which to me just meant he was also very masculine. Narcissism? Yeah, that's true. Well, he's gay. Narcissism? Oh. <laughs> 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 All right. No, I think you should. Li- I think that's a great bet. The uh, yeah, a foundation. Chicken dinner. Thank then. you, guys. Thank okay. you. No worries. That's what All we right. got. We are at that fun part where we have to reveal the movie to Danny. Mm-hmm. This week's movie. Uh, we're going to change things up a bit, and we are going to reveal the movies to both David and I at the same time that Danny is going to be revealed to them. I have in front of me four. Pieces of paper. Four? Yeah. Okay. Labeled one, three, <laughs> four, four, <laughs> and two. 
Danny is going to choose our all of our fates in one of these movies for us to watch. I don't like the feel of that one. <laughs> this is it. Let me read it. No, I got it. Get up on your mic. Say it real. This one's called Breaking Her Will. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Uh, if I am not incorrect, the director on that piece it's of paper, Bill Zabub. Bill Zabub Joint. This was like the one that I was kind of nervous about. Really? But uh, that's the one. Dude, if this is another sexual violence one, <laughs> I feel like I'm. this is the one that breaks me in pieces. Well, I mean, read the name of it again and Bill know Zabub what... Is Bill No, no, of the film and I know. know that it's... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Okay. Yeah. It's moments so, like this that made me like be like, why the fuck did I say, agree to do this? We have to step up like the mental warfare a little bit, and, and however I can, just just not even Dude, warfare, just changing. Why? The there was there was no good you're choice so for cavalier. You. Yeah, I'm about not your trying to be. You're like fuck this. Yeah, <laughs> I think I was just like fucking confident after martyrs, and now I'm like, yeah, no, I don't know. To be fair, there really wasn't a good one in here. No. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There were no, there were no good ones, but there that all, one. Those I'm are like, all bad boys. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, but what, I'll tell you what wasn't in here. What Serbian film or Sallow? Neither of them were. No. no. Okay. Yeah. Sallow's not bad. These were the no. These were the ones that David and I hadn't seen as well. Okay, that's awesome. So join us uh, next week for, fuck, yeah, breaking her will by Bill Zabub. Ah, uh, this one's gonna suck. Thank you.